Greetings, this is The Pub, Straylight Magazine's podcast about all things narrative, story, and publishing. I'm Dean Karpowitz. I'm John Barajas. And I'm Molly Cross. Today on the show... Today on the show, what, Dean? Silent protagonists. Oh, my God. <laughs> in video games. Can you hear the ellipses? Uh, can you hear the pain in my voice? <laughs> Silent protagonists in video games and the way they affect and create, some might argue, defective stories. So let's just start generally. How do you... Molly and John, how do you see silent protagonists affecting video games? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it an outdated thing? Are they fossils? Are they gaining new life? Are they being reinvented? What? You know, I'll tell you, I, I think it shifts the burden of storytelling it, onto the world, onto the supporting characters. I don't think it's outdated. It's just a medium. Some people are going to like it. Some people aren't going to like it. But I, I don't like think there's anything inherently wrong or even like time like a time era associated with silent protagonists i think you can find you know content now that's just as useful just as meaningful with silent protagonists as you did 30 god 35 40 years ago yeah yeah it's uh it's just a trope and i think a lot of the prevalence and headache associated with it um is due to utilizing that trope poorly so it's done just like everything else, it's done well in some instances. It's done poorly in others. Yeah, just like conversations with you, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> so I've heard. Ooh. So I've heard. I'm going to. I did some research the first time we did this podcast, <laughs> like a year ago. We took very long, <laughs> long, silent protagonist episode. Um, to, to give at least one person in the industry, uh, their opinion. So this is CJ Miyazi, very close to Miyagi, <laughs> um, <laughs> called, <laughs> called franchises that, that still use the technique as a crutch for bad storytelling saying just as narration has become the hallmark of terrible movies through improper use. Silent protagonists have become the trademark of weak storyline in a game. What do you think? A crutch for bad storytelling, though, doesn't mean that it in itself is a bad thing, just that it's overused poorly. Also, I'm sorry. I have like three frustrations with this article. Mm -hmm. Number um, one, let me I'm going to quote directly here. Yep. Silent protagonists were often used as a device to circumvent technological and budgetary limitations. End quote. Were they? <laughs> Please give me a single example of that being reality. If we're talking about like, you know, Mario and, you know, the original Donkey Kong, nobody was conversing. There was no narrative. There was no dialogue. This wasn't like a technological or budgetary thing. It was that's not where the focus was. But then you started to shift to games that had narrative and budget, like in, you know, in story and content, you know, it will kick over to the original Final Fantasy because, of course, it has to go here. At least some point we're going to rip off this Band-Aid. <laughs> but there was dialogue, there was conversation, but the protagonist did not speak. 
don't think there was any budgetary limitation or technological thing stopping us from adding a couple more damn text boxes. So I, I don't know. I, I think anybody that's saying that it was used to circumvent technological and budgetary limitations is creating their own false and incorrect narrative. Mm. Fighting words. Um, well, start here. Like, tell me, am, am I wrong? Like, am I like, am I not thinking of something in this example where, where, you know, maybe, maybe I'm off base here. I think, no, I think in just to maybe play devil's advocate a little bit. I do think that, um, when the games industry hit a certain dollar amount and companies grew large enough, they could afford good voice actors. And before that, I don't think they had a budget for a protagonist who was a, uh, a list, you know, really great, uh, somebody that they could pay a lot of money, uh, and maybe not, get the coding right because they're, you know, they have some uh, voice actor on the payroll. Uh, maybe that's what it's referring to. So know. hold on, though, that I think it's important and super, super critical that we established what is actually a silent protagonist versus what is an unvoiced protagonist. When I think silent protagonist, I think of a character like Link in Zelda, right? Doesn't talk, doesn't communicate outside of grunts. I think of you know, the game Chrono Trigger, you have a character who doesn't say a single word. That to me is different than playing a game like, you know, Skyrim, where you actually do respond to things. There is technically dialogue there, but it is left unvoiced. Persona. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you're right. Persona 2. It is. You do have choices from there. Now, that I think is the, the differentiating question. Well, I think to some degree, to some degree, um, the silent protagonist bit, isn't it supposed to get us, um, as, as, it's, as someone who teaches literature and point of view, right? Whether it's creative writing or um, uh, introduction to literature or some advanced literature course, uh, first person point of view is, is more intimate, brings the player sort of closer to the action, right? Um, or the, sorry, the reader closer to the action. Second person point of view is sort of video game like because in a lot of ways you're supposed to be interacting with the narrative and making choices like the choose your own adventure books. But most of, you know, or, or at least some interpretation of that silent protagonist uh, figure that I've seen is saying that even the unvoiced, the intention here is partially to bring the player closer to that character because that character doesn't have characteristics that make them a character that moves you back as if you were kind of third person. So think of the difference between our protagonist in Skyrim and Joel in The Last of Us 2, who's voiced, or Ellie in The Last of Us 2, who are voiced, and they're people that you either like or you don't like and don't feel yourself embodying the agency of that character in the same way. And, and part of the voicing part there is definitely budgetary, I would say. 
Um, and it is a narrative tool. And then to some degree, if, if you buy that, there might be some credibility to this skirting, you know, well, we don't want to, we don't want to have really great writing where you fall in love with Ellie and Joel and then cry when certain things happen to them. No spoilers, even a year or two later, we don't want to do that. We will let the, the, the care, the, the person get close enough to the blood and gore. Right. And so they kind of experience it and we don't have to be burdened with the depth that uh, we might otherwise have to. I, I agree with some of the things that you said that I think that the intention for the most part, whether or not it's successful is another issue entirely, but the intention is perhaps to bring the player closer to the narrative when you can self insert to a degree where you're the character is not, it's not that the character is acting in ways that are congruous with you. It's that they're not interrupting. Like, I'm sure we've all had a video game where they're like, yep, yeah, you, this is your character. And then your character says something that you would never say. And you're like, well, now the immersion's a little bit broken. But on the other hand, I don't think that in a game like The Last of Us, that having a character that was like silent and more of a player oriented would have made it the same emotionally impactful if that makes sense well i think the difference there is it wasn't a story about the player in the case of a last of the last of us right it was the story of joel and ellie it wasn't the story of you it wasn't the story of your gameplay you were yes controlling but you were watching the story unfold between those two. Very JRPG. Yeah. I mean, now, by contrast, take Portal, for example. You have a silent protagonist. Yes. The story is more focused on your interactions with GLaDOS or, you know, the environment around you. The story, like the, the focal point of the story wasn't the, you know, the relationship between Chell and... GLaDOS and, you know, the turrets or whatever else was going on, right? You took the role of silent protagonist because it, the story was GLaDOS antagonizing the player, almost. Having that conversation directly with you, antagonizing your decisions, egging you along. It wasn't built around, you know, a relationship between two characters. It was... We are using this silent protagonist as a way, as almost a uh, catalyst for this other character to come to life and uses them as the way you are experiencing the world, the way you are experiencing the interactions. Where I think it starts to get muddied is when you have games or stories that try to do both, where you have this silent protagonist that's interacting with the story but it's also but that protagonist also has its own personality of sorts and it's all it's about the relationship with that character and others so two games that i love going back to persona 5 right like we take joker there is a clear personality in that character that shows up in dialogue no matter what you choose a certain personality comes through no matter what and the focal point of that game is the relationship between that character 
and all of the other cast members, right? Mm -hmm. It's not a relationship between you and that cast member. So the silent protagonist piece there is kind of wasted and I think does hold on to, hey, this is how we did it in the past. he's got battle dialogue. Right. There's battle dialogue. He he has a voice actor. Yeah. Fire Emblem 2. That's a... Yes. You know, knock on your favorite. No, we are we're legally obligated to say Fire Emblem. That's it. I've said it. I'm done. <laughs> no, no, I agree. Um, I was thinking about that actually in relation to different Fire Emblems. Um, like it's it's so interesting to me with say the last couple of games that had um like customizable protagonists is that like in Fire Emblem Awakening and Fates you have like oh, you can change this character to look in any way. Um, So it's totally an expression of you. And then you have no control over the dialogue because it's basically, well, this is the character of Robin and this is the character of Corrin. Whereas Byleth has like no customization whatsoever. You can give glasses if you get the DLC. See, I said the words. But the personality is a lot more subtle. So I, while you... Both of you were talking. I kept thinking back to Last of Us and the problems that people had with Last of Us. They did have to do with playing the characters. They did have to do with uh, what they had envisioned Ellie becoming versus what she became. Ah, right. It removed the player agency. Yes, and actually playing that character and having to do certain things that you didn't think like you didn't want to do. Um, And then in a lot of ways, it does become a story that in, in a lot of ways is a meditation on agency a meditation on the choices that are made becomes really complicated, especially in the, in the sort of fight scenes that take place close to the end of the second iteration of the game. And so I guess part of what I'm saying there is if you're talking about a closeness to the game, the argument that I was making before, and and it's not necessarily my argument, the argument that I was making before was that there's there's a sense with the silence protagonist that we don't have to do that. We don't have to uh, write in a way that our characters have such depth that you are invested in them, even though they have these personalities, we're going to let you do all of that, right? We're going to put that all on you, the player, because you, you assume no set traits. You just have a set, a series of choices, whether they're dialogue choices or not in front of you, you know, um, and you make those choices, and th- so you build your own character. And they, and the, and the argument I think there is that that's lazy storytelling, right? I, I'll entertain the argument, but the reality is, I I think they're telling two separate stories from two mm-hmm. se- I mean, from different points of right. view. I'll go back, you know, to go back to the portal example. It's not lazy storytelling to give a relationship between. Chell or Shell or whatever the name was in, in GLaDOS, right? Like watching that, I think, would be 100 percent less interesting to me than sitting and like doing things, doing activities and being directly antagonized by GLaDOS or, you know, whoever. 
it's a different medium and it has, I think, different implications and a different level of, of conversation with it, right? Because it makes you be the one interacting with the, you're interacting with the world, you're interacting with the characters. The silent protagonist is just the catalyst in which you're doing it. It's not like it's supposed to be a relationship or a dynamic. And I think it's very, very different than the last, you know, you take The Last of Us, right? Where you're the player doing things as Ellie that you're like, oh my God, I don't want to be doing this, but this is what she's doing in the story. To me, that's no different than reading a book, reading that your character is doing something you don't like. And is like, man, I really wish I could stop reading, but but here we go. I'm still I'm still reading Game of Thrones. I'm still like it's I'm still going mm. through. I hate what's happening, but I'm still reading. In The Last of Us, same thing. I hate what's happening but I'm still playing it. It, it, There's that game. Isn't it? It's a, it's a story that you are not taking narrative interaction with. And I think that's the difference in certain games, right? Like there, there are games that you have a action or a puzzle or, you know, some type of simulation interaction. And then there are games that have narrative interaction. And I think that's where the difference comes. And I think that's where the, shine, the silent protagonist shines is where you have narrative interaction versus just like action or other component interaction. And I don't know, it's I'm, I'm now trying to reconcile in my head like this difference between like where my interaction aligns with the type of protagonist or the type of dynamics I want to see. I, I, so while you're talking, I'm thinking maybe from software's Games are the pinnacle of the kind of thing that you're talking about where our main character is silent and the, the entire story is told through the environment. Yeah. It's the lore of the pieces of uh, weaponry that you pick up and it's, it's NPCs that you can kill. You know, you have complete choice about what you want to do, um, sometimes accidentally and close off quests, right? And all that uh, sort of thing. You can become the kind of character that you want to become. But in a lot of ways, the people who appreciate the story of those games are so few, right? I mean, in fact, you lots of people just go watch videos because they're like, I don't know what the fuck is going on in this game. I just yeah. want to get to the next bonfire, <laughs> right? And then to the next boss. Um, but I don't know what, I don't know what's going on. I just know it's very easy to die and I should not try and drink a health potion in the middle of combat because that's not going to work out in my favor in any way, whether I'm fighting a plebe skeleton or a mini boss, it's the mechanics that have become, I think, more important. And I think that's where maybe the, the silent protagonist shines, right? Because you kind of get to steer your level of interaction, engagement, with that narrative. It's not a story that you're watching. It's I am playing through this and I am determining to what extent I am investing into these interactions or, you know, this dynamic or this world. I guess I don't know. I would I would identify maybe then where it gets lazy. Uh-huh. Where, you know, maybe where where it doesn't work as well. And I really do believe it's, you know, if we were to identify the ugly in, in this realm as stories where there is a clear, you know, intent of personality, there is a clear intent of character dynamics and character relationships and not just a player interacting with the world. But 
we are left with a silent protagonist. I think that is where it gets lazy. And, you know, I think we see that a lot in Japanese RPGs. And I, you know, I don't know where, you know, that consistency has come from. But if that's the dynamic you're building to go the route of silence seems to truthfully take away from what that interaction could be. I don't think I would gain anything more or anything less from games that aren't reliant on relationships with the character or aren't reliant on that or, you know, don't demand that that character has a personality. I'm trying to think of a couple that come to mind, you know, Zelda games, perfect example, right? Like, do I think Link having a personality and having a conversation is going to make that game any better? No. So that's what I mean when it comes to the story. Let's take two games we've talked about already. One of the worst openings to a video game in history, Skyrim. Horrible. Terrible. Because it's a silent protagonist. And you just listen and are not able to... Well, that's, it, that's not exactly the, it breaks the It breaks the rules of gameplay, first of all. It doesn't let you interact. You know, the difference between that and mm. a uncharted game where you immediately take control of your character it's a lesson learned right you all you can do is pan right and left and listen to a couple of people talk and your your field of vision doesn't even let you move very far right and so you're just listening you're just getting the environmental story we uh told you Uh, in comparison to a really well written delivery of the story which is the first 15 minutes of the last of us the first game you know where Joel's daughter dies at the end. Um, It's a prologue to the entire series, but how quickly you take control of Sarah in this case um, and the way the television is telling the story at one point, what's going on. The newspaper that she finds in the bathroom is telling the story at one point. The dogs barking in the uh, the police cars flying past. Those are telling us things about what's happening. It's just a far better written in terms of the delivery of it story. And I think following the argument that simply using a silent protagonist is a lazy way to deliver that narrative may be to some degree true in the same way that like you, you, let's go back to where we start, like, like describing a character in the first person using the same tired trope of a mirror. Right. And We've seen it so many times before. I don't I don't think that that matters. Between the two of them, I think I think you're talking about apples and oranges, Dean. Yeah, I'm I got to agree. If you could if if your character were voiced in the beginning of Skyrim, that wouldn't make any difference because the problem with why it's such a terrible opening is mechanically there's a lot not going on. Whereas like if The Last of Us had started out with a silent protagonist, the the story in part would still be being told in that environment. And and all right, let me let me add to this. I want you to re-envision the opening of Last of Us. But you are playing first person from Joel's point of view and Joel doesn't speak. Does that opening, yes, while, you know, overall I think constructed very very well, does that opening lose a certain component of its emotional impact because you are not seeing his reactions, his relationship, his dynamic. It does, yeah. I I think it does. So that like that's the part that I have to consider is that's where it goes into it's a story about these characters versus a story about the world. 
where Skyrim shines, the opening sucks, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's bad. It's it's not well done. But where it shines is the depth of stories that take place when you, you know, kind of wander off the beaten path, right? Like you're picking up, a you know, a little bit of lore here that you're reading off of a note. You're going to a college, you know, the College of Winterhaven, and you're learning things there. And I think that's where the, that differentiation comes in. And that's it doesn't matter then if your protagonist was voiced in Skyrim or not. It doesn't make those moments of the story any better or any worse. See what you're saying. Yep. yep. But it goes back to the am I interacting with the narrative or am I watching the narrative? Not gameplay, but the narrative side of things. Essentially, what you're saying is part of the reason that the beginning info dump stuff fails is because it's an info dump that is not an interaction with the environment. It's not the environment telling the story. Well, it is the environment telling the story. It's just poor writing. It almost goes into like you're watching a character story at that point. You're watching a character story of poorly written, not well thought out or flushed out, no context characters. And it's just it's not compelling. It's not interesting. Uh, No, I guess it's it's not dead because the from software games are insanely popular. Right. Yeah. It just depends on the scope and application. Yeah, I wonder how Elden Ring is is going to be. I mean, they've they've hired the biggest writer alive, one of them in GR Martin to to write for the game. I wonder if he'll finish it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're promising it's going to come out first quarter next year, I think. But if he's on the if he's on the job, <laughs> we may be waiting another 7 7ish years for it to to hit. A, a question for you, and, and forgive me because I forget. Was the most recent Fallout, was your protagonist voiced? In 76? I don't know. I didn't play it. Not 76, not 70. Uh, four, five? Yeah, four is voiced. Okay, so just taking this one because I forgot, Dean forgot we had to think about it. That game did not have a silent protagonist because it was voiced. But your interaction with that game was built around the narrative stories that you bump into, the environments that you interact with, the conversations you have externally. You didn't even remember anything about that protagonist. So having a voice protagonist in that case didn't give any more of the story. Now, granted, the story kind of sucked overall, right? But I think the point there still lands is I don't think it was any better or worse because that protagonist was voiced. It didn't need to be voiced. That didn't matter. It doesn't doesn't, you know, resonate. Nothing remembers. I remember going to an airfield. I remember one of the vaults, right? Like that's those are the components. I remember it. I don't remember anything about that protagonist, despite adding voice, adding personality, adding backstory because it's a different narrative. He's looking for his son, Sean. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I remember that we promised to end this episode before 30 minutes. We were at 29, 29. You said there would be a timer for me. I, I didn't see it. I don't have a timer. It's in the upper right hand corner. I have no timer in my upper right hand corner. I have no sense of time. Next time I will bring an egg timer for you. John. <laughs> it just goes off. Be like, nope, episode's <laughs> over. The egg says. Just make sure it's silent. The pub is produced on that series of tubes we all know as the internet from the studio at Underdark. 
which doubles as my basement and office. We post new episodes every Monday, and you can listen in wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can also find us at straylightmag.com, where we publish news stories, poetry, art, and of course, podcasts. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and at the pub podcast on Twitter. Until next time, thanks for listening to The Pub, Straylight Magazine's podcast about all things narrative, story, and publishing. <laughs>